Previously on Adventure They Wrote. What do you call that? Investigation mural? Yes. Well, now, now we, we do. That's <laughs> better than conspiracy board. Yes. <laughs> I like conspiracy board better. <laughs> conspiracy board. No, that makes us sound crazy. <laughs> Your uh, conversation is interrupted by a knock at the door. Um, I open the door. Yeah, Gilly, you open the door and you find a Waterdeep courier. He holds up a folded envelope in front of him and he says, Countess de... Dev, Devin, I just uh, I just snatch the thing from his hand and say, thanks a lot, and I close the door on him. She will open the package. So inside you find a note from Frederick, the noble uh, that you had uh, sent a message to previously. Well, I think it, she's more concerned about the fact that we've got a goblin who... You know, goblins aren't very well known for for being good. That's true. There's not a lot of uh, etiquette on the short side of the table. Because Waterdeep is a bunch of racists. All right, so I suppose that is where we we head off. Yeah, you're heading out to the to the noble's house now. You open the door of the office to leave and find Croc standing in the hallway with his hand up, ready to knock, and he doesn't look very happy at all. The city of splendors. Crown of the North. This city has so many names, it's hard to keep track of sometimes. Chasing down leads from the docks to the nobles' doorsteps, it's easy to get turned around. But if you follow the right red thread on the investigation mural, you might just find exactly what you're looking for. So yeah, some call it the Crown of the North. To everyone else, it's just water deep. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Deep Trouble. Uh, I'm going to start off this episode by explaining that I am a little under the weather today. Uh, I have a cough and a bit of the sniffles. So if I sound weird, it's because... You are weird. I'm sick. (laughs) I am weird. It's because I'm sick or talking through a cough drop, but... As they say, D&D stops for no ailment, they being colossal nerds. So, uh, if you recall the last time we were uh, adventuring together, you had just defeated some opponents in a shipyard, leaving a bit of a murder pile for the city guard to find. (laughs) Uh, And after a bit of detective work through the city... Uh, you were about ready to head out to a fancy party uh, after finally receiving an invitation from Frederick. Uh, However, you opened the door to find Croc, the tortle city guard watchman, uh, waiting for you in the hallway. And so that's where we'll pick up this episode of Deep Trouble. Uh, Hey! (laughs) Fancy meeting you here. Max, Croc doesn't really respond to you. He sort of ambles his way into the office using the bulk of his shell to kind of push aside anyone that isn't quick enough to get out of his way. Uh, And he really only acknowledges the Countess with a brief nod uh, before kind of placing himself in the center of the office. And then he turns down to look back at you and he says... Spot a trouble at a shipwrights last night, Max. To be fair, and to be completely honest, um, 
we were attacked by drow. We didn't actually, you know, um, start anything. But we did finish it. I like that. Yeah, what she said. That's pretty good. Um, so I don't think Tortles have eyebrows, but he does kind of arch one side of his face in, in what would be like an arched eyebrow in someone with eyebrows. Uh, so sort of, I don't know how to describe this. This is, I realized as I was saying it, that this is a, a dangerous path to go down. He's a turtle man and he doesn't have eyebrows. He reptile faces. Yeah. <laughs> Forehead bone. His ridge, his eyebrow, he's got an eyebrow ridge. That's something a reptile would have. He arches, he, he arches that. Uh, and he says, attacked by drow, huh? That's awful convenient. Well, it's, it's the truth. Come on, you you know me. I'm on the up and up here. Gilly turns uh, away from throwing the ball, ball that he has against the wall and turns to Croc and says, I don't know how convenient it really was. I mean, <laughs> we did get attacked. Yes, I quite agree with that, the Countess says. It was quite inconvenient, if you ask me. And very messy. Very, very messy. One might say gooey. <laughs> <laughs> he turns to you, Selene, and he says... Oh, I know. We got your message. Excellent. Oh, right, that. Oh, God. I wanted to make sure it was clear. Oh, that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Doran will pipe up. Well, did did you get the drow that we left in the in the ship? You can interrogate him. He says uh, there was no one in the ship when we got there. We put a bow on him and everything, all ready for you. He was tied up. I thought you stabbed him in the heart. Max did, but he did that unawares of the rest of the group. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I left him there. Yes. So, well, that's interesting. Interesting. The turtle croc meanders around the office a little bit, and he says, uh, he says, when we got there, all we found were a handful of dock guards that had been murdered with a crossbow. Well, I'm sure that if you check those bolts against mine, you won't find a match because we did everything we could to avoid their guards. We just, to be honest with you, we just wanted to look at the ship. We're trying to figure out what happened with this Gruck and Axehaft guy. And that was, that was our next lead. So we went silent, quiet. And then we got attacked after they killed all the guards. So Selena's going to walk over to him and kind of like rest her tail on his turtle shoulder, turtle shoulder, and swing it back and forth a little bit. Be like, oh, sorry. Um, got a little blood on you. Um, you can test it, though. It's drow, I promise. I don't know if that's something they'd have the ability to. I suppose wizards would be able to do that. I mean, like druids or something. <laughs> a wizard did it. <laughs> a wizard did it. So, uh, you know, not to be rude or anything, Croc, but what what are you what are you here for? He says uh, he he brushes Celine's tail off of his shoulder very disdainfully, and uh, he stares down at Gilly, and he says, "I'm just trying to keep my city safe." Dorn will walk up and kind of not really slap him, but tap him on his shell and go, looks like we're on the same team then. <laughs> team small. Just like, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're now an honorary member as team small. So he he looks at the blood that's on his shoulder and he says, that's what I thought, too. He heads for the door again. 
and he stops and he looks down at you, Max, and he says, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand for this business. So you keep your nose clean. And if you want to keep these investigations going, if you want to keep this, and he taps the window of the door where it says Waterdeep Detective Agency, then uh, make sure something like what happened last night doesn't happen again. I'll do my best, but you got my word. I had nothing to do with the guards. He looks around at everyone else and he looks down at you and he gives you kind of like a very brief nod. Before he leaves, um, the Countess, does the Countess know who his senior is? Yes. Yes, the Countess would know that the Waterdeep City Guard is broken out into precincts and that the precinct captain for the South Ward is sort of like a grizzled human veteran guy by the name of Hans. All right. And has she had any interaction with Hans? No. No interactions, but you are aware of him. And she's had interactions with some of the higher-ups, though. Yeah, that's right. At sort of like state dinners and that kind of thing, uh, when a noble wants to show off that he supports the city guard and all the hard work that they do, mm-hmm. they'll throw a dinner with, you know, lieutenants and captains and that kind of thing. And So you, you may have been in the same room with him, but you, uh, you didn't have any interactions with him. Who would her main contact uh, at that higher level be? I think you would actually have contact with um, the precinct captain for the castle ward. Okay. Castle ward? Chris, what's the ward where all the rich people live? Uh, North ward or castle ward, yeah, either one. Castle ward is where the government is. Um, North ward is usually where, like, a lot of the rich people are hanging out. Yeah. So, North ward. So you might be able to get in touch with his captain through the precinct captain of the North Ward. Okay. So the Countess will simply say to Sergeant Croc, well, do send my regards to your captain. Um, I'm sure he would appreciate the dedication that you're showing here. And she just sort of smiles. He gives you another nod. The exact mirror of the nod that you got when he came in. As he's leaving... Can Max uh, roll an insight check to make sure that Croc is on the up and up? Yeah, definitely. All right. Fletch, is he carrying or holding anything different than the last time we saw him? No. All right, so using my ears of deceit feature, the natural one that I rolled (laughs) is actually... (laughs) Is actually... An eight. So that's an 11 total. (laughs) I love this because earlier today, Jason was like, the lowest I could possibly roll is an 11. (laughs) (laughs) And then he he gave me an example. (laughs) I rolled a mm, natural one. (laughs) Um, Jason, you have actually known Croc for a long time. Uh, your relationship goes all the way back to uh, when you were still an evil goblin. Yes. And um, he was actually always very decent to you back then. Uh, not in like a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours way. But in a if I am a good 
person to this goblin, then maybe this goblin will change. Uh, he He's always been very upright, very dedicated, uh, and he really does just love this city and want it to be safe. Well, I, I think that that's probably the reason why Max chose to go to him yeah. to get the uh, investigator's license. So he's the tough but kind cop? Yeah. That tough but fair. Croc is good people. He's good humanoid. Tortle. Good turtle. <laughs> All right. Did we want to discuss that further or do we want to? Is he, is he still standing in the doorway? No, nah, he gone. Okay. <laughs> He's wandered away. Like we're just kind of waiting for him to leave so we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so if there were no drow when the city watch showed up, who took them away? Because there was a drow in the ship when I left it and there was some goo and then there was the other drow that got away. Well, how on earth did he know that there were drow to begin with if they weren't there to be found? I don't think he said drow. I think we gave that to him. Yeah, I think I think that was the first he heard of that. Oh, I see. Well, they didn't clean up the puddle. He saw the message. I mean, I wrote it pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, creepy. <laughs> it's pretty likely that, you know, the drow came back to, you know, clean up uh, any remaining evidence of their meddling. Should have stayed. I think he believed us, at least. Yeah, I think so. He seems like good turtle. I like him. He's the turtle package. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I'm sorry. Well, at the very least, I think he does have good intentions and he's looking out for you, Max. Uh, Yes, and I don't don't want to let that down, so let's um, uh, attempt... To minimize our collateral damage. <laughs> yeah, if he contacts you again, let him know. I could probably find someone to clean his shirt. Deal. So are we going to get ready for this uh, this whole tea thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm ready. Got a pretty face on. My hair's all ready. Little Countess sort of waves her hand um, towards you and is like gesticulating and, and says, like, didn't really notice before, but um, there's still a spot of, of blood on, on the tip of your tail, and perhaps you, you ought to wash that up before we see Frederick. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. I'll, I can probably tie it up a little bit, too, so it's not as noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gilly grabs his hat from the rack, puts it on his head, and says, and dressed. If you say so. <laughs> Is there Indeed, a I do. dress code there, Countess? Well, of course, but, well, this should all do. Max needs to break out his fancy suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with the patterns. Mm. Got the bracers. I'm imagining he brings out, like, the nice rope that he uses to tie around his pants to keep them up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, oh no, Max, uh, Max is tailored suit. Oh, that's right. Max has tailored, like, studded leather armor underneath that, underneath that fabric. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep that AC high. You, you wear armor, Max? Uh, yes. What are you, are you, are you worried about, you know, taking one too many, uh, crossbow bolts or something? Indeed. I think one is too many. <laughs> well, he did want to have one in his shoulder, didn't he? <laughs> well, people have been following us. It's not a bad idea. All right, everyone. Shall we go to a party? Doran, did you want a 
a ride in my handbag. <laughs> I'm pretty short, but I'm not that short. There's usually an old scone or something in there. <laughs> oh, how dare you? It's usually quite fresh. Thank you very much. <laughs> Doran is not a schnauzer quite yet. And, and German schnauzers are medium dogs, just so you know. I've seen pictures of big dogs being carried in bags. You just have to get them in there. Is it a bag? Is it, is it a handy heifer set? <laughs> She's quite tall. It wouldn't hang down too far. All right, come along then. <laughs> we shall have tea with Frederick. Do you have like a pretty chain for him? I don't need accessories. Oh, I think she already tried putting a, a like a bracelet or something on your neck. Oh, that's right, like a collar. <laughs> He's backing away from that one. <laughs> All right, Countess, lead the way. Let's get rolling. All right. So the Countess will lead them towards uh, Frederick's place, some manor. Okay. So about like one turn, one alley, one block before we get to the fancy place. Doran's just going to quick duck into an alley. And uh, turn into a medium-sized, <laughs> but well-trimmed, German schnauzer. <laughs> He's kind of like Superman, you know what I mean? Got to go in the alley and come out. <laughs> a water-deep phone booth. <laughs> That's the way I like to think of it, at least. <laughs> but yeah, he'll, he'll rejoin them immediately as the schnauzer. Is he more of a Cormirian schnauzer, though? German schnauzer. As long as he prances, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's the poodle aesthetic without the, the foofy poodleness. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I just don't know what this German thing is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, a Cholten schnauzer. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think they have schnauzers in Cholt. It's like a little dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's a Sembian schnauzer. Wrong one. Schnauzer. I don't even know how to say that word. <laughs> it's a Waterhavian schnauzer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Those I know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Kat, there is a shop along the way that if you want to uh, leave a message with the shopkeeper, yes, you could do that. So you're going to do that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay. You all arrive in the castle ward at an estate manor that is huge and beautiful, but not as huge and beautiful as either manor on the, the sides of it sort of like nestled in between two houses that are three times bigger. There is a gate at the front, and there are a couple guards that eye you as you approach. The Countess will take out the um, letter from Frederick, and she'll withdraw it from her handbag and present it to the guards and not really make eye contact with them. She'll just be looking around, waiting for them to do something with it. Um, the guard uh, looks down at the letter and then back at you and seems fine. But then he looks down at the letter again and he looks at kind of everyone else and is just sort of like, what is going on with this? And she'll see that and she'll say, oh, my dear, have you not seen other nobility with their entourages before? This is quite the trend now, having a tiefling and and this other lot. Have you not seen that? Surely. The the other guard kind of leans in and, and whispers like sort of loudly. I mean, you can all hear it. He goes, you know what? I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's trying to make tiefling friends. I heard that. The first guard like, shh. <laughs> uh, I would like all of you to make a perception check, please. Would this be with uh, sound or smell or is it sight? Sight. 
No advantage for Doran. Okay. Max got a 15 on the dice, so 20 total. Gilly got a 19. Doran got a 9. Celine got a 16. The Countess got a 17. Max, you notice that on the collar of the guards, they wear a pin. And that pin is sort of a silver band that holds three slivers of ivory. Nice. All right. So this is like the uh, professional mercenary version. And the guards open the gate and usher you through. Well, the countess leads the way up the up the stairs and um, she calls back. Is there not um, a valet of some sort? Uh, the first guard says, no, ma'am, you're uh, just you. Well, that's quite an adventure. You hear the second guard go, effing nobles. <laughs> but just barely. You just barely hear it. When Celine walks by the one that said that the nobles are all trying to make tiefling friends, she just kind of caresses his face with her tail as she walks by and winks at him. He doesn't know what to do with that. (laughs) Can I do an intimidation check? He looks terrified, but also... (laughs) Also, like, a little bit into it. Gilly uh, smacks him on his chest with his cap and says, hey, snap out of it, man. (laughs) Come along, my dears. This is quite the adventure. I suppose we'll we'll have to find our way on our own without a valet. As we are making our way, uh, once we are out of earshot of said guards, I would like to relay the fact that they are wearing the professional and noble version of a three-tusk pin on their collar. Oh my, I suppose we we have stumbled upon something that might be a bit of a lead. I thought I thought for a moment this would be a red herring. <laughs> How wonderful. Isn't it though? Dorn will pipe up. Those scoundrels! Which actually just comes out as <laughs> <laughs> The Countess will, will just sort of bend down and uh, do the little uh, doggy owner Oh, who's a little sweetie? Doran doesn't know how to take that. His tail just kind of lowers. A little. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the quick wag and then the oh wait oh, oh, oh wait what? <laughs> and uh, and the countess will stand. Is there like is it steps up to the doorway? Uh, yeah, there are steps leading up to the house. But as you reach the bottom of the steps, the doors open and a butler is sort of standing at the doors. You walked up a small path just to the house uh, and at the the stairway, once you reach the stairway into the house, uh, the door opens and there's a butler standing there waiting to receive you. The Countess uh, lets out a very exaggerated sigh of relief and says, Oh my good man, thank you so much. The gods, they... They require a bit of training. They, they they, were foolish enough to say that there weren't one of you around. He looks at you very levelly. There's not any emotion in his face. And he says, yes, ma'am. <laughs> very good, very good. I am the Countess, my Athethel, Mistralis, here to see Frederick. And these are my associates. I... <laughs> that is the creepiest introduction I've ever heard. I, I actually waved as I did that too. 
That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, just like a mouthful of crooked teeth. You somehow managed to sound so uncomfortable. Yeah. That was perfect for your character. I loved it. Oh my god. The uh, the butler arches an eyebrow very high at Max and then sort of looks back at the Countess and says, of course, right this way, ma'am. And he turns and starts leading you into the house. The Countess follows. Uh, she's going to look around um, to sort of assess Frederick's station here. Um, go ahead and roll an insight check, but do it with advantage. A 13. This looks like the house of a man who is trying to give the presentation that he is of a higher station than he is. The paintings are very expensive paintings, but thrown in with many of them are kind of knockoffs. Some of the tapestries on the wall are just starting to get like a little threadbare. He doesn't by any stretch of the imagination look like someone that is poor and pretending to be wealthy, but he does look like someone that is pretending to be a bit more wealthy than he is. All right. Question. Do we know Frederick's surname or does it matter? Clupidae. Does Gilly know anything about the Clupidae family? from the paper or anything like that? Is there anything that, you know, maybe uh, popped up at some point uh, that was newsworthy enough to mention him or his family? That's a great question, Gilly. Go ahead and roll a history check for me. That is a seven. You don't recall anything from, like, the family history going back. Um, You know that Frederick does not show up in the papers very often at all. He is not the kind of noble that gets himself into trouble or grandstands or really stands out. He's just sort of boring. Pretty boring. Yeah. Hard at work. He's just a he's just a basic noble. (laughs) (laughs) Celine's going to turn to Gilly and ask, hey, Gilly, even if he's a basic noble, have you ever delivered in this area before? Well, I haven't personally, but, you know, uh, I'm sure some of my news hounds have. Have they? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, there would be nobles in the castle ward that are interested in the go- the goings on from the perspective of the everyman, which is what the Waterdeep Underpress represents, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, you would definitely have circulation here. Where does the butler lead us? Yeah, so the the butler takes you all through the the sort of entryway of this manor. And as I mentioned, uh, there are beautiful paintings, um, tapestries on the wall. It is a very uh, richly appointed estate. And he, he leads you through some big glass doors in the back uh, of the house onto this gorgeous veranda with lots of plants. And, and you know, you can see some of the other houses and manors in the, the neighborhood sitting at a table with a, a carafe of some sort of exotic fruit juice is a man in a bright red robe uh, who, you know, is, is he's fit. He, he looks like he takes care of himself. His face is immaculate, immaculately groomed. Um, he has one of those, like, pointed goatees a little bit. And uh, he is reading a copy of the Waterdeep Underpress. 
So, uh, all throughout the, the manor, the mansion, Doran's mouth is just a gate. Probably looks really weird because he's a dog, but <laughs> his, cause he's never, he was from the, the, the forests. This is the most fancy place he has ever been in his entire life. And he's just completely astonished. <laughs> Gilly smiles at him and says, Hey, I see you got some good taste there. Is that today's? He doesn't even, he doesn't even have a, anything to respond with. No, that I'm yeah. talking to. I'm talking to the guy reading the Waterdeep Underpress. <laughs> Frederick. Doran has good taste too. Oh, I know, I I know Doran has good taste. I'm talking to Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> Frederick uh, sort of eyes you over the the top of the newspaper, but kind of like a friendly. Like he's not glaring at you. He's just sort of interested to see you there. And he says, "Yes, it's uh, one of many I read. I'd like to keep abreast of the goings on of the city." The Countess says, "Oh, that's." That's so wonderful, and what a coincidence. Um, may I present to you uh, Gilly Goodnight? He, um, well, he's part of the Waterdeep Underpress. Gilly tips his hat and says, how you do? Frederick says, very well, indeed. It's an excellent, excellent newspaper. You should be very pleased with your work. That, that's some nice praise coming from you. He folds it up. And he sort of slaps it down on the table where there's a stack of broadsheets and newspapers from kind of different areas of the city. And he stands and uh, greets the Countess with one of those like very light sort of upper crust hugs where it's not really a hug. It's more of like a political embrace uh, (laughs) and a, a quick kiss on the cheek. And he says, my dear Countess, how have you been? Oh, quite wonderful. And I've, um... Well, I've rather collected uh, quite an interesting group. And I thought that of all the nobles in Waterdeep, who would fancy meeting them the most? And, and of course, I thought of you. I suppose you've heard of the trend of embracing tieflings and, and that sort. And this is, this is Celine here. Hey, yeah. Very fancy place you got here. I could uh, get used to some of the shiny things. I mean, <laughs> never mind. He glances over at Celine and then looks back to the Countess and says, You know, just the other day, my, my son Broderick was going on and on about uh, finding a new tiefling friend, and I thought you might have something to do with it. <laughs> oh, she just sort of goes pish and, you know, sort of waves her hand down. Um, oh, I don't start all the trends, my dear. <laughs> but perhaps this one. And as well, I, I have, um, this is uh, Maximilian. Um, he's a goblin detective. Charmed. Very nice to meet you. <laughs> Daryl say, well, it's nice to meet you. This is a fantastic manner. I love it. I could really live in a place like this, which comes out as like a... And this is my, my dear scruffy woofy DD. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 the dog the dog just sort of like looks up at her in disdain like what the hell Frederick puts his hands on his knees he gets down and he's like who's a good boy who's a good boy who is it I guess it's me I guess it's me <laughs> <laughs> I'm the good boy it's me <laughs> <laughs> Doran will play along, but just for the mission. Just for the mission, yes. You should just lick him. It's the most affectionate move. I don't think Doran's ready for that. I'm not ready for that sort of commitment yet. 
<laughs> uh, Max, I would like you to roll an insight check. Insight. Okay. Uh, that's a 17 on the dice, so 20 total. You notice a bit of a start, a bit of a uh, sort of hesitation on Frederick's part as soon as he hears that you are a detective. Okay, I'm just writing this down. Hey, you know what? When he, when he comes down to scruffleize Doran, Doran's going to roll a smell perception check on him. See if he notices anything different. That would be a 20. Uh, Brad, on your smell check, all you smell is sort of like expensive cologne. You don't smell anything beyond that. That's worth a shot. Uh, quick uh, out of character, uh, maybe meta, maybe not. How much do we want to let on what we are up to with this guy? I think when we had last talked about this, we were essentially coming over to sort of the countess was going to show off like all these contacts that she had and perhaps show Frederick how he might be able to make use of them through the countess. But our end game is to see if we can figure out if he is part of the money that's behind the fires in the South Ward. Yes. And to see if there's any connection with the rest of the Yes. the rest of our case. Got it. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. But our our cover is that, you know, the countess is just sort of showing off. Got it. Understood. Fletch, is he really focused on Doran right now? I would say so, yeah. Doran is an adorable dog. Like, how are you not going to spend a few minutes giving him cuddle waddles? I know. Great. Such a fluffy, wuffy dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, While he's uh, petting and adoring Doran, I'm going to have Celine kind of move a little bit away from the group just to get closer. Is she close to a wall that she can kind of sort of feel around with her tail? As we're talking. To what end? Uh, I want to investigate the wall with my tail. I mean, you could, yeah, like the exterior of the house. Yeah, just feeling around, seeing if there's any paintings that move, any interesting things that I can shuffle a little bit. There, w- there wouldn't be anything like that. You're, you're outside the house now, so it's like... Oh, I thought we were inside, upstairs. No, we're on a veranda. It's like we're out, we're out in the back garden, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Never mind. It's probably like a, a stone stone area where there's like, I imagine like a little bistro set. And well, now she's just touching bushes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> While Frederick is petting Doran, um, I'm going to lean into the, the detective side of my introduction and say, uh, yeah, you know, the City Watch, uh, they they like to contract out on occasion when they have things that are going on that they don't want to have to deal with. Like just recently, we had to take care of, there were these rat catchers that, that, you know, like they work in the sewers and uh, they started going missing. And it turns out that uh, there there was this sickness down in the dock ward that was being spread because the rat catchers were going missing. And, Oh man, it's been it's been taking up my entire week. He leans further and further away from you in horror as that story goes on and on. Oh no no don't don't worry don't worry I'm 
I totally bathed. <laughs> I rub elbows with the countess. I she has been uh, she has been teaching me in the ways of uh, the fine the finer arts or something. He even got a suit. Indeed, doesn't he look quite smart? T- yeah, tug on the lapels a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Frederick sort of uh, looks back and forth and says, "Yeah, yes, indeed." Uh, why don't you sit? Sit and join me for some tea. Oh, how lovely. And um, is Broderick around? Uh, he says no. Broderick is off at university. Oh, I see. What was he studying again? He shrugs. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, obviously, Broderick is a throwaway character that the DM did not expect to come back. So... <laughs> Uh, Fletch, you should know that throwaway characters are the ones we're going to focus on. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Well, has he has he found himself a a tiefling then? (laughs) I'm sure we could make plenty of introductions. As you as you can see, I've I've collected quite a fine um, uh, group of them. Well, not tieflings, of course. I'm trying to diversify. (laughs) (laughs) We're like an IRA, only uh, weird. (laughs) I was going to say like a collection, like she's collecting humanoids from the realms. Her her menagerie. (laughs) You got to be careful, Max. She's going to start asking you to dance soon. My performance is... um, Zero. <laughs> <laughs> with my with my ten charisma. <laughs> uh, Frederick says um, he gets sort of everyone seated. He has the butler bring out some more chairs for everyone and gets everyone seated around the table, except for the dog. And then says, "So, Countess, what what brings you to my neck of the woods?" Oh, it was simply to pay a, a friendly visit and and um. To get you connected with um, with some of these um, these business associates, I thought you might appreciate um, a different a different sort of outlook on on Waterdeep as I have um, as I have explored a little bit further into this lovely city of splendors and have found the people to be quite interesting. He nods uh, and uh, sort of like glances kind of back and forth between you and Max. And he says, uh, so what do you investigate when you're not uh, uh, investigating, was it uh, rat catchers? <laughs> rat catchers and plague, <laughs> plague disease uh, ridden rats. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a little bit of everything. You know, it's whatever whatever the city watch has that's going on that they that they farm out to uh, the investigators around the city. It took me a little bit to get my my license. As you can see, I am a goblin and um, uh, not very well trusted uh, on first meeting, but. I, uh, I, I work, I work hard at it. He does indeed. I can vouch for that. Absolutely. Um, he's, he's a very dedicated worker and, you know, I should think that if I needed anything investigated that wasn't, well, quite only up and up, if you know what I mean, um, Max would be the fellow 
who I would hire in a heartbeat. You know, there I could tell you the story of this guild that uh, was trying to discredit an owner of a winery by poisoning their wine barrels before the wine got in them. Oh man, it was uh, it was a nightmare to figure out, but we got it done. Max is doing anything he can to like take the heat off of like anything current. <laughs> it's rather nasty business when criminals um, poison wines. It's almost as though it's an assassination attempt against nobles, wouldn't you say? And what a waste of wine. Oh yes, that too. Terrible. Terrible business. Max looks at his glass. <laughs> it's just like, mm. <laughs> While they've been uh, talking, um, Gilly's been fidgeting a little bit in his seat. And he kind of looks around and then turns to Fed- Frederick and says, Hey, uh, um, you know, uh, where's your uh, privy around here? Uh, Frederick, Frederick looks sort of overwhelmed. Uh, with the information that he's getting, and he he says, uh, uh, "Privy, privy, yes, uh, uh, in the house, uh, uh, just past the uh, uh, Montset painting." Oh, sure, sure. Uh, can you just kind of point in the direction of where where that is? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps your man could show him. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine too. The the Montset painting that Frederick referenced is that one of the knockoffs? Uh, no, one of the nicer. Real ones. Mm. Yeah, the the butler comes and sort of stands right behind you, Gilly, and says, This way, sir. Uh, thanks, I appreciate it. I'll follow the butler. And then once we get to the area where the privy is, I'll just let the butler know. I, I think I can find my way back now, thanks. Very well, sir. Thank you. And he takes his leave. All right, and then uh, after I get done using the bathroom, I'm going to go kind of explore Take a little look around this part of the mansion. See if there's anything interesting. Okay. Doran will follow him and see if anyone says anything about it. Yeah, I can. I, if I see Doran trailing me, I'll kind of keep keep him kind of close, kind of coax him to get a little closer so that we can kind of take a look around. I figure he can probably hear and smell things fast uh, before I can. So. Yep. So, uh, Doran and Gilly are. Uh, sort of investigating the interior of the manor. Countess, you and Celine and Max are still outside uh, upon the veranda enjoying tea with Sir Frederick. So we've had some conversation with Frederick already. Let's do Gilly and Schnau's dog through the the manor halls. Uh, are you looking for anything in particular or are you just looking for something out of the ordinary, something... Uh, perhaps nefarious. Well, Doran started playing the support role, so he's following Gilly, and Gilly's taking the lead. Yeah, so Gilly is looking around. Um, I'm looking specifically for, like, a study or a den or a library, somewhere where, you know, someone would probably sit down and write notes or collect records or documents. Also, um, maybe even a, maybe even something like a bedroom, right? Might be okay, um... You know, usually people would store something, you know, of value there. Uh, what Gilly's really looking for is just, um, you know, something that really is going to help us um, understand, uh, like, what Frederick's involvement might be with, you know, the Thrice Tusk gang. You know what's interesting? I started trying to think of, like, the other rooms that you would run into 
I got nothing. Like I what? Like I had to revert to clue rooms because <laughs> I I'm thinking about giant houses like that and what kind of rooms are in those giant houses and it's just like you. There's a ballroom and a study and a library and a hallway. So we'll say you you pass those. You pass all the clue rooms uh, and you do find a study uh, that is kind of lined with books. And there's a big uh, sort of ornate desk uh, kind of down at one end with a window that overlooks the yard of the estate. Great. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and kind of, you know, survey the room initially and then uh, make my way in and see if there's, you know, anything in and around the desk. Dorian's going to actually go outside the room a little bit and lay down outside of it to look for any passerbys that might be interested in investigating our investigation. Excellent. Uh, Gilly, go ahead and roll a investigation check for me. All right. That is a 10. So you, uh, you rifle through kind of some papers that are uh, stacked up on top of the desk there, and one in particular catches your eye. It is a map of the South Ward. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Gilly's going to take a real close look at that map. Um, specifically, I'm looking to see if um, there's anything on it that might connect Frederick to the South Ward fires or the property buyouts. Many of the houses that have been bought out or burned down have sort of like little marks on them uh, with kind of notes next to them about whether or not the person sold and why or why not. And the, the houses that burn down, the, the structures that burn down, uh, have little X's and also the dates of the fires when the fires happened. Okay, uh, Gilly's going to go ahead and uh, pull out his little notepad that he has with us within. And he's going to go ahead and uh, just start to jot notes of anything that we don't already know um, about from this map. Right. We're going to go ahead and take a look at the map and and write down any notes there. Um, is the map just sitting out on the desk? No, it's in a big pile of papers. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to I'm not going to go ahead and take the map with. Um, I'd rather just write the notes down um, for now. Anything else I find uh, after I kind of scribble down some notes? Um, no, that's it. Okay. Well, it seems pretty obvious to Gilly that Frederick's pretty heavily involved in this whole situation. I'm going to go ahead and head back to the group, um, but first I'm going to stop on the way out and just kind of look at Doran and say to him, hey, uh, you know, if you have any magic that can, I don't know, copy something, this might be a good time to use it, but otherwise we should probably be heading back. Doran just kind of shakes his head like, no, don't have that and heads back with him. His little tail, tail I picture, it's like drooping down. Oh, I wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to we're gonna head back then to, um, I don't want to tarry too long, so we're going to head back to, uh, to the uh, tea party. <laughs> Out there, I think the Countess is going to try to birch the subject of investments. Um, she has uh, talked already to 
uh, it was Thorgan Stormmast at the Stormmast shipwright. Yes. And I think there was another op- there was another opportunity that she had talked to. Oh, the the Chilton meat pie person. So I don't think it's a secret that you know she's been looking for investment opportunities. Um, so she's going to share that with Frederick and and say, I do wonder if you you might be able to give an old countess a bit of a bit of investment advice. I've I've taken a look at some of some of the um, opportunities and quite unique opportunities here, if I must say. Um, looked at. Have you heard of such a thing as a Chilton meat pie? Cat, go ahead and roll a charisma check for me. <laughs> is a 20. <laughs> yep. Of course it is. <laughs> Kat, this is too perfect. I think you uh, you laid the groundwork really well by like implying that Max would take jobs of extra legality and then you asked the perfect question and then rolled a 20 on your skill check. It's all kind of astounding. Countess had to make up for the terrible rules that she made trying to intimidate that drow. That's true. That was that was awful embarrassing. It's so bad. <laughs> Frederick sort of leans across the table towards you. He sort of glances between Max and Celine and you sort of knowingly. And he says, if you're looking for an investment opportunity, you couldn't go wrong with the southern portion of the South Ward. And he kind of like, he winks and and sits back a little bit and sips on his tea. The Countess uh, nods cordially and smiles and sips back on her tea and, um, and just says, well, it's rather a lovely day, isn't it? Frederick says, yeah. Yes, it is. Lovely day for just polite conversation i think at this point Celine is getting like uncomfortable at the awkwardness of everything so she's gonna her she's just gonna kind of bring her tail up a little bit like she's she's very interested she's gonna kind of like <laughs> push her like tea around a little bit and just kind of like shuffle things kind of stare at frederick I imagine a tiefling staring at you is a little strange. <laughs> a little unsettling. Yeah, he's he's definitely put off by it. I'm assuming that, like, the Countess is assuming that he's not going to say much more on the, on the subject matter because he had pulled away. Well, he, you could definitely, uh, you could definitely get more out of him. The, the sitting back wasn't as much of a, like, pulling away from the conversation as much as it was just sort of like, you know, uh, a casual sort of him making himself more comfortable in his seat. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't mean to imply that that was him, uh, uh, you know, removing himself from the conversation. Okay. Uh, so the countess instead, she's going to, she's going to nod and sip her tea and, and say, I've, I've not heard very much of the South Ward besides, Oh, have you heard of the Jade Dancer? Do you mean something like that? He looks puzzled for a second, and he says, "No, no, no, not the, not the Jade Dancer. That's, I mean, the 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 tavern business is a nightmare. Seventy percent of all inns and taverns close in their first year. 
No, I, I mean the southern portion, the the shops and residential buildings along the southern portion of the the south ward. If, for instance, the dock ward were planning an expansion, more warehouses, more piers, that sort of thing, then property in the south ward would become much more valuable overnight. And he gives you he gives you a very knowing look. He gives you a like one of those like eh looks. A look that says eh Oh <laughs> That's quite interesting indeed. Uh, another investment opportunity I'd been looking at was actually a sh- um purchasing a ship or or working with um oh what was that gentleman's name? Stonemast shipwrights, I believe. Um it, it looked like they were they were looking to expand, and and I was quite interested in in what he had to say. And um, well, this is all this is all wonderful news. If if I could somehow invest in that and some properties in, in the South Ward, as you say, oh, I could turn over quite quite a pretty um, what do they call them? Dragons. <laughs> He he uh, he sort of thinks to himself for a second, and then he nods. He says, "Yes, I, I suppose if the dock ward were going to expand, and he gives you one of those looks that's like mm-hmm. if, but it really means like when. Mm-hmm. If the dock ward were to expand, then I suppose they they would need more ships uh, to bring goods to and from Waterdeep. Uh, yes, that does make sense." I suppose if you weren't able to invest in property, uh, that would be a an adequate uh, alternative. I think at this point now, Selena's just kind of like picking at her nails and stuff, and she sort of leans over at him. You say, I suppose, a lot. He He leans back away from you, and uh, he says, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> The Countess laughs as though he um, he had intended that as a joke, <laughs> and uh, and then sort of like flaps a hand over at Celine. Isn't he quite? Isn't he quite funny? <laughs> oh, he's very amusing. I don't suppose there's anything that we might be able to do in exchange for this um, lovely little investment advice he he uh, considers max max looks back gives the knowing nod taps the nose as i said max is quite trustworthy for many many reasons you know being a goblin and all he gives max a thoughtful look and then he sort of shakes his head he says no i've i've already contracted an organization for uh, uh my needs um with this particular investment opportunity, but thank you, thank you kindly, Countess, for the offer. Uh, the the pleasure of your company is the only payment I need. Oh, aren't you too kind? But he sort of he sort of like shifts his chair chair just a little bit away from Celine, <laughs> like not not like overtly, but but just a tiny little bit. I think the countess is going to message each of her party members to see if there's anything else that they want before um, parting ways. So Celine is going to 
message back and say, I think we should try to get him to tell us who he's hired to invest. You know, because you need someone and a recommendation is always welcome. So the Countess will do that. Um, She'll get Max's card and hand it over across the table to, to Frederick and just say, just in case... Um, you should need any any further assistance. I, I should like to leave this with you. Um, I don't suppose you would be able to um, provide a, a reference to um, whatever organization it is that you're dealing with, because I should rather like to pursue this, um, this investment opportunity. And if it's somebody you trust, surely I can trust them. He takes the card and says, uh, uh, yes, yes, of course, I... I, let's see, I have, I believe I have one here. And he sort of digs through the um, papers that are, you know, piled up next to him. And then he uh, removes one and uh, uh, rips out with his hands, like basically like an ad in the paper uh, and hands it across to you. And he says, I, I'm afraid I don't have their business cards, but uh, they do advertise in, in one of our uh, local castle ward papers uh so you have this here um you can use this to get in touch with them and it is an ad for the thrice tusk brigade so frederick the eighth richest noble in waterdeep is in league with the thrice tusk brigade and is involved with the fires in the south ward what does this have to do with gruck and axehaft we want to know too So find out along with us as we continue with Deep Trouble. Hello again, it's your friend Jason, the producer of the show, a.k.a. Max, the Goblin Detective. As usual, at the end of every show, I have a lot of thank yous to give out. First of all, thank you to you for listening to the show. We got some really cool feedback about our Extra Life game. We had quite a few people listen to the podcast, quite a few people watch the video. It was a lot of fun to do that, and I'm excited to get to do more things like that in the future. As always, thanks again to Tabletop Audio. Tim over at Tabletop Audio has posted a ton of brand new 10-minute ambiances for you to use in your tabletop games, your home games. It's all free to use, but if you want to chip in, you can join their Patreon. We are members of the Patreon. We're huge fans, and I really love that they allow us to use all of their different sound effects and ambiances. We had some new ones in the show this week, and it was really fun to use those. Next week, we're going to be back with another episode of Short Rest. And stay tuned for episode number 11 of Deep Trouble, where we depart Frederick's Manor and we head off in search of the next set of clues. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We all really appreciate it. And stay tuned next time for more mystery. The Adventure They Wrote podcast is copyright 2018 AdventureTheyWrote.com and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 4.0 International License. That means that you can share it, and we really encourage that, but you can't make any changes to it, and you're not allowed to charge for it. If you have any questions, visit creativecommons.org. So, uh, you know, not to be rude or anything, Croc, but what, what, are you, what are you here for? Sorry, just writing down a note quick. Sure you are. <laughs> Stall for time. The quiet of the DM means <laughs> trouble and despair. <laughs> Why am I here? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> like I'm having an existential crisis. Why am I here? Why are any of us here, really? You passed the butter. <laughs> I passed the butter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Croc is good people. He's good humanoid. Tortle. 
Good turtle. <laughs> He's the turtle package. <laughs> I can't claim that. I can't claim that. That's the, that's that's official Watsy lingo. <laughs> I hope the audience went uh too. If you went uh, leave a comment. <laughs> Subscribe. Smash that like button. <laughs> Smash yeah. <laughs>